0: Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani, and here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis.
1: Welcome, my friend. Here's the number, toll free, 1-866-405-8405. It is uh, the show about animals and about your pets, the connection we celebrate with your pets. And I'm just looking, this just came in this morning, a news article came in telling me about how big the pet industry is. Of course, they, they make it in financial terms. It was a $60 billion a year industry last year.
2: Uh-oh, what is it this year? It oh, is no. now
1: $66 billion a year. Wow. That's wow. between food and veterinarians and you know everything within the pet sector. It is huge. We love our pets, and they're living inside the house with us. We're feeding them premium food. They have the best beds, the best grooming. <laughs> it's, it's really a big change. I think that's change.
3: wonderful. It is. Yeah.
1: We find that a lot of these uh, millennials. If you're a millennial, I apologize. Well, no, I don't apologize. I thank you for what you're doing. Instead of having children, human children, more and more you are taking on pets as your children.
2: That's awesome.
1: On the show today, someone who's made a family of goats. It's a lady who gave up her Mercedes and her big paying job to in become the city. in the yeah. city. To go live with goats. And she, she's bad. actually doing pretty well. Meh. Meh. <laughs> meh. That was pretty good. That's, uh,
4: yeah, I'm, I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm a little goaty. He's uh, bad.
1: Or is that a sheep? That is a sheep. I think that's a sheep. <laughs> we'll sorry. have to ask this lady. She's a goat expert. <laughs> yes. She has a goat book out. She lives with, I think, 50-plus goats, including a goat that you may have seen on a viral video. Polly. Polly. Yes. Dressed in a duck costume. Very controversial.
2: I saw that. She was adorable. I know. It was so cute.
1: We're going to find out what that costume is all about. Some people don't like the idea that they were dressing a goat up in a duck costume. But uh, you find out why she did it. I and mean, you might change your mind.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Also on the show, Robert Semro with five things you need to know about greyhounds. Did you know it's National Greyhound Month? I did. No. I, I don't know what that means. I didn't
2: know. They're trying to bring awareness of all these greyhounds that were used in racing and that are now either retired or they're looking for homes now for all these greyhounds. Okay.
1: We'll find out more with Robert Semero just around the corner. What's this uh, I see dead pooches thing? Is that are, are we talking to a clairvoyant?
2: Yes, we are. Oh, boy. She's supposed to tell us some embarrassing secrets that some dead pooches have revealed about their owners. Really? Ooh. Yes. Okay, <laughs> I'll stick around. That's She's not going to talk
1: about my animals, is she? I, That's what I, I, I would just I, We thinking. can ask her. Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom?
3: A fantastic story, progress in the world of animals and um, how they are connected to not only preventing allergies, but also obesity.
1: Obesity? Magic, yeah. Huh,
3: you it could mean- be like a new diet pill.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay that's on the way let's uh which one are we going to line two yes one eight six six four oh five eight four oh five hey william how you doing
5: i'm good thank you how are you
1: good where are you calling from today
5: springville california Spring. it's up in the foothills
1: the foothills now are you listening on xm
5: no it's on kino 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 Brent... from fresno they have some
1: power now huh
5: I can't even believe I'm getting this station up here.
1: Uh, So let's see. How can we help you today? I have the doctor here.
5: I guess I have a question for Dr. Debbie about Frontline. Where I live, there are lots and lots of ticks, and ticks still get on my dog, even though I use Frontline. So can you explain to me how it works?
6: Sure. Well, we we have to realize that with Frontline, it's a product that is, it's dispersed into the pet's hair coat, into their oil glands. So it does require that a flea or a tick actually bites the pet to come into contact with this product. So you won't have necessarily an immediate kill time. Um, so once you see if I could actually watch an actual tick land on your critter and watch how long it often can take up to twelve hours for that product to actually work now, if we keep seeing more and more in- or insects <laughs> fleas or ticks on the pet while we 're regularly, regularly using the product, then we have to look at you know we have um, potentially more heavy infestation and we may need to add in some other ways of managing fleas and ticks and kind of what we call integrated flea control so there 's other ways to help um, whether they be shampoos um, there's even oral medications that can help to decrease the development of different aspects of those parasites Um, so it just kind of depends on how heavy that parasite burden is in your area and whether or not just that one product might do the trick or if you need to add in some other things as well
5: okay so is it okay i mean is it it's not bad then that if i find a tick on there, i just take it off
6: we want to do that cautiously so you know um wow. the General guidelines with removing ticks is we don't want you to get exposed to any of the blood products either. Because ticks, we know, do carry some diseases. Um, and there's different incidences of tick-related diseases across the country. But we want you to make sure if you are removing the tick, you remove it close to the skin. Avoid squeezing, destroying the little critter. And we want to make sure we discard that. And I usually throw them in alcohol to get rid of them afterwards. Um, but you do still need to be watchful. And if you're in a Lyme disease area, gosh, you know, that's still something there's still vaccination and other steps we'd want to take for um protecting against some of those tick-borne diseases as well so
1: hope that helped you out a little bit there hey thanks yeah, for great. listening
5: i really appreciate that information
1: we appreciate you listening to animal radio One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five 405 8405 to connect with any one of the dream team right now now sounded like Meow. a cat now <laughs> let's talk to dan dan are you there please save me
7: hey uh, we picked up uh, a little terren terrier from a, a rescue hospital um and we've had her about two months she's about a year old actually i guess she'd be uh, about 14 months old she's right at a year when we got her and she's she's a smart little dog she's a great dog except she likes to leave us presents around the house and you know we try to take her out a lot and she does pretty good when you're right there but overnight and if we have to leave her at all um, she just she likes to leave us presents. I wanted to find out the best way to work with training her.
6: Okay, so I'm assuming these are the hot, steamy presents that you're talking about. <laughs> They're not yes, wrapped yes, with a bow. Sorry. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um,
7: just uh, all, all over the place, different places in the house.
6: Okay, and is she having any urination problems, or is it just the pooping issue?
7: Um, mostly the pooping. Every once in a while, we'll find a wet spot, but not near as much.
6: Okay. Not near as much. All right. And when you first got her, um, what methods of house training did you go through?
7: Um, Basically, uh, nothing official because she did pretty good right at first, but that's kind of followed by the wayside. And she was when she was at the animal hospital, she was in basically in a crate the whole time from when she was just born. And for some reason, she was there for a real long time. I don't understand why. She's just a real sweetheart. Um, so, we did not do anything official. Our uh, Her big brother, Buddy, uh, who's a uh, long haired whippet, he does a great job all the time. We're oh, maybe he might help out a little bit, but we haven't gotten there.
6: <laughs> okay. Now, and do they have free run of the house, or do you keep your pets uh, crated when you're not around? Uh, free run of the house. righty. We're going to have to set down some rules for your babies here. Um, okay. Because if she if she's having these episodes at that age and pooping and or peeing in the house, it, she never really caught on as a pup. So with him, you probably didn't have to do it. It, it, it clicked in a lot easier. For her, you're going to have to state the rules out pretty clearly. And at this age and this stage in time, you almost got to go back to puppyhood and treat her okay. like a two- to three-month-old puppy. And okay. I am a firm... I'm a firm believer in the crate method to help train dogs. Now, if she was in a crate for or a kennel for a long period of time, sometimes that's a little harder because they kind of are always there and they may not get out as frequently as they need to in that situation. But you can right. still use a, a crate or a kennel to your advantage because it a keeps the the restriction on the um, the environment, so you don't have her having that ability to go poop in a corner and you not. You know, be able to intervene and take her to the appropriate spot. So I would definitely say we're going to need to go back to stage one and I would get a small pet crate and we're going to want to confine her in that when you cannot directly supervise her. At night, if you're running out uh, outside for a couple hours, you're doing something if she 's with you in the home and she has that tendency to sneak in the back room and find a corner yeah. and, and do her business you 're going to need to make sure you block off access um, you know either closed okay, doors, okay. puppy gates or even keep her on a light lead on your waist. Um, that way she's immediately with you. And then go back to taking her outside, giving her that positive reinforcement and lots of love when she does her duty. And, right. uh, you know, little treat in here and there is always good. It helps get the point across. And we need to set that pattern in consistency over and over and over again and keep that access down so she doesn't have those accidents and those opportunities when you're not directly supervising her. And with time, that's what it takes to to get back to relearning house training, either if she never got it or, you know, she kind of failed along the way and just kind of forgot what the general idea was supposed to be.
7: Okay, okay. So so the crate, which which I, I I like some people, I, I hate the idea, I like her to run free, but for the training purpose, it'd be important. And actually... That's supposed to be like their their den or something, I assume. So it's not like you're you're punishing her or anything, right? Right,
6: absolutely. And you should never put a dog in a crate in a form of punishment. If you're mad about pooping, right. her, you know, you just don't want to show that that's the reason you're putting her in there. Um, what what we want to use that for is to make that her private sanctuary. And um, okay. so one way to do that is to feed her in the crate, make it a, a good pleasant place. Uh, we put little treats in there. Um, but if she gets the feeling that you're going to shut the door and lock her up and that's the end of story, it can be a tough transition. So y- okay. you can do it. And, and, and I, I firmly believe in the crate method. Um, my dogs, um, they have such strong crate instincts. My one dog in my office, she'll crawl under my desk and she'll curl up under her. And that's where she likes to be. So we can definitely use that to an advantage. and Don't feel like you're torturing her. That is one um, of the biggest is.
1: misconceptions. I gotta, I, we get four or five calls a week on that. Putting them mm-hmm. in a crate is that punishment? No, they love it. They think it's their home for ladybug we can't get her out of the crate sometimes because that's her protection that's her little place to hang out
6: It just gives them their own personal space because we all need a little personal space every now and then <laughs> so yes use the crate to your benefit you can do it this is dr debbie with animal radio if you're having a training issue or a medical problem give me a call at one 405
8: 8405 We can't tell you why canine caviar is the only alkaline-based dog food, but we can tell you alkaline is proven to minimize the risk of renal failure and pancreatitis, reduce scratching, cellular degeneration, and disease, keeping your furry friend youthful and healthy longer. And those are the reasons we can fit into this short commercial. But by visiting caninecaviar.com, you'll see exactly what we do to make a better food for your dog. Try the one and only alkaline dog food risk-free. Canine Caviar.
1: You're
0: listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405.
1: We're just around the corner from the goat lady. She doesn't mind being called the goat lady, does she?
2: I bet she doesn't. I'm sure Sure. she loves loves it. it. Yes.
1: This lady gave up her big-time job in her Mercedes in her city apartment or city house, to go live on a farm with goats. And now she has 50-plus goats. She has a goat that you may have seen online. It's a viral goat. It's it's a goat dressed in a duck costume. And there's a reason that goat is wearing the duck costume. We're going to find out in just a few minutes. I like what she's done. She's given up her day job, said, screw it. Yeah, I and she's off to
6: she's play her with ghosts, following her passion. She's going to be colorful. I can tell. Yes, most definitely.
1: <laughs> Someone else that's going to be probably pretty colorful is Brent. At is I'm sorry, is it Brent Atwood. Brent Atwood is that is that a guy or it's a? It's a woman. It is a woman. Yes, with the name Brent. Yes. Okay, Brent's going to be on. She apparently is a clairvoyant, and she talks to dead animals. And not just the regular yabber jabber with dead animals. She finds out kind of embarrassing, silly things that maybe you did and the animals spill it Do
3: you realize most of those animals
1: have been in restrooms with people yeah absolutely at the very least
3: <laughs> that might be an embarrassing thing i can
1: think of plenty of things that my cats and dogs could have say seen. about me yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh that's also on the way in just a few minutes it is national greyhound month celebrating the greyhounds and the greyhounds that are fortunately no longer racing and uh, Robert Semra will have five things to know about greyhounds around the corner. And what are you working on over there? We're about 10 minutes away from news. And Miss Lori Brooks? Uh,
3: I'm going to tell you about a zoo that is for sale. So get your heads together. We can think about that. And um, how men and cats are trending together on social media.
1: Oh, I days. love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, Maybe look at him go. Yes. That's <laughs> on the way in just a few minutes. Let's go to the phones for your calls. Hey, Wanda, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Very good. Where are you today?
5: I'm in New York. New York City? <laughs> just outside of New York City, yeah.
1: Okay, how can we help you?
5: I have a black lab. She's 10. She just turned 10 yesterday, as a matter of fact. Oh. And she keeps Happy chewing birthday. on... Yeah, <laughs> thanks. She keeps chewing on her paws, mostly on, on her left side, front and back. And it's been going on like the past couple of years, and I can't find anything that can stop it.
6: Okay. Is there any um, skin problem in those areas, any sores, redness, hair loss? Only the ones
5: that she makes by chewing them. She chews them till they're bloody. Oh, okay. She, like, chew and lick, chew and lick, and, you know.
6: On and on it goes. (laughs) Yeah. I've
5: taken her to the vet, and, you know, because she has sores, he gives her antibiotics. And then when when they go, you know, when when they run their course, we're good for a couple of days, and then she starts up again.
6: Now, she has sores, so does she have, like, little zits or pustules in those areas?
5: No, normally, like, if you look at her paw, it looks normal except where she's been looking annoying.
6: All right, because I'm just, when you say that the vet used antibiotics, sometimes with Labradors in particular, we can see some really bad foot infections or what we call pododermatitis. And that can be very chronic and frustrating It's often linked with allergies. It's often linked with rupture of the the hair follicles and the oil glands in the foot. And in those situations, it is really a very uh, chronic problem. We talk about chronic antibiotics. We talk about biopsying those babies and then getting on some uh, long-term medications there. So I'm not sure that that's what we've got going. But if we do, then I would say that would warrant a trip back to your vet to find out if that's more the line we're looking at. If we're talking something more like allergies and just that kind of chronic, itching without the presence of sores on a regular basis then we're really going to go look at the source so a lot of times folks will say hey do you got a, an itch cure a lick, lick cure and there's not always a simple answer for this because there's some internal cause. So I generally would go to things like a food allergy trial, um, so a hypoallergenic diet that we do for about six weeks preferably, eight weeks even, and see if that helps to decrease the incidence of the uh, licking and the chewing. And a lot of times also, if we're suspicious allergies, we'll do allergy testing. Uh, just like people can be tested, uh, so can our animals. Um, but if you're looking for the short-term fix, we can always try antihistamines. Uh, there's different types of sprays that can be quite soothing. And a, the good old cone of shame can help to stop that chew and lick cycle so that we can try to get the area improved and healed up while we're hitting uh, with different therapies there. But I'm a Labrador owner, and I totally sympathize with you because they can have some really bad skin disease and particularly allergies. So um, you know, I really would uh, work on that angle if we could.
5: Okay, because, like, usually it's odd because it's only the left side. isn't like from yeah. there, but only on one side. And at first I thought, well, maybe she's stepping in something in the garden. And I was being real careful and making sure I walked her and making sure I knew where she was stepping. But even so, it was only on the left side, and she did it anyway, and I tried bathing her more frequently, but I didn't want to do that, you know. I hear mm-hmm. that's not as healthy as, you know, to bathe them too often, so...
6: Yeah, and it definitely, that would be unusual that it's only on one side for more of a systemic problem, but that would be more of the reason why I'd want to go peeking in between those toes and taking a sample, perhaps, and deciding if we do have some kind of chronic infection that we need to get uh, a handle on in another way. In um, some of these dogs, I will actually, if they've got sores or redness, I'll take a sample of it and we'll biopsy it because that can give us the best information without doing a whole lot of long-term medications and kind of getting into things. Um So might wanna maybe step it up a little bit and put some pressure on your vet as well and see if we can get some answers for that underlying cause there. So good okay, luck cool. with you. If if you need to certainly we can um talk about different products, steroids, um topical sprays, but I think uh you know I think we've got some good direction there if we can kind of open those toes and look at some, uh, yeah, some cause
5: skin Yeah, cuz sprays that I've tried are just really short-term fix. Yeah. yeah, like it will yeah. stop her from chewing on them until she gets the taste off of them and then she you know goes back.
6: All right. Well, let's let's look for some allergies there if we can, Wanda. And uh, best okay. wishes to you. Hope that itching and, and licking so stops. You're welcome. Well, this
1: healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals, canned food for dogs and cats. Always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. Learn more over at RedBarnInc.com. And thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting
9: Animal Radio.
10: This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com.
3: I'm Lori Brooks. A study at the University of Alberta in Canada finds that being exposed to pets early in life may reduce the risk of developing not only allergies later but obesity too researchers found that babies from families that have pets especially dogs had higher levels of two types of microbes in their gut uh, that are known those microbes are known to lower risk of allergies and obesity about 70% of the study participants were dog owners and the team then examined um baby poop From 746 (laughs) healthy infants in Canada, and they found the bacteria was abundant in babies that were exposed to pet dander, and those two bacteria have now been linked to reduced allergies and childhood obesity. The theory is that exposure to dirt and bacteria early in life, for example, maybe in a dog's fur or even on its paws, can create early immunity. Though researchers aren't exactly sure which of those effects occurs from the bacteria on the furry friends or from human transfer from touching their pets and then touching babies. The uh, Pet Food Manufacturing Association in Great Britain is reporting a twenty five percent rise of men with cats in the u k now that 's a full one million more cat owning men they 're claiming in just one year so uh, the group 's numbers on that story don 't really add up so reporters were you know pretty uh, on this and they did some additional investigation just to make sure that you know does uh, this is all you know work out. Well, they found that there's a professor in Australia who is studying cat men around the world, and it turns out this is not the first research that is being done on this topic. Uh, Keep in mind, though, that this is, uh, you know, cat men is a stereotype. In uh, 2013, a study found that undergraduate students rated photographs of men labeled as cat people to be less masculine than images of men labeled as dog people or images that weren't labeled at all.
2: Hal, are are you crying? If the shoe
3: fits. (laughs) So we're we're wondering, you know, what about cat men in the United States? Is this a real thing? Turns out the evidence is a little fuzzy. But in 2010, the Pew Research Center survey uh, did find that only minor gender differences that's what their researchers found when it came to people who have pets among male pet owners they found 21% had cats this was in 2010 compared to 24% of women who had cats the two sexes they said were pretty much even when it came to having dogs however the good news here is there is progress for these stereotyped men who love cats because truly, you know, we're coming along on this front because last year a photographer in Brooklyn published a book called Men with Cats and it features just beautiful portraits of men and the cats they love. But while digging on this story, we found something else. There are many men finding that cute little kittens may be the best way to a woman's heart. British dating researchers say that posing with a cat for a profile picture on one of the social media platforms <laughs> makes single men much more popular on all the big romance sites. Duh. So just uh, <laughs> check out the Instagram page, Hot Dudes with Kittens, and you'll see what we're talking about.
1: I, I, I actually auditioned for that. I put a picture was, up there, but I they didn't
3: post
5: say, it. Yeah,
1: they didn't post it for some reason.
11: Yeah. Oh, you didn't I'm make so the cut. sorry. Yeah.
5: <laughs> Maybe if they seen you in your new haircut, you would have made it.
3: There you go. But Joey, you mentioned it in your haircuts you know, that the belt bottom so those hairy ankles that you
12: left on
1: how (laughs) look too
12: my clip is broke i'm trying to get through it. woman dig hairy hairy ankles
2: no 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 now it's it's the smooth look yeah smooth you gotta do that you know hair removal thing exactly well
3: how does having 500 animals sound to you guys because to me, you know, anybody, you know, me, you guys, I know you all and anybody, you know, listening here is an animal lover assume you had room for all of them and that you had $7 million and didn't mind moving to Texas. Then here is the deal for you. Just south of Houston, there's 80 acres of land, and it's got lots of little lakes on it. This piece of property is called Bayou Wildlife Park, and it's for sale. Uh, the $7 million price tag includes 19 vehicles, which would come in handy for giving tours, because they apparently cater to a lot of schools and things. But it's also got a 10,000-square-foot, what they call a barn dominium, with an apartment, and plus those 500 animals, including rhinos, wildebeest even, pygmy goats and all kinds of other critters. There's also a crocodile pond with a safety fence at that small zoo. The park's 80-year-old owner says, you know, 80 years old, he's ready to retire and just turn it over to someone else. And, you know, Matt Damon did the movie We Bought a Zoo, Right?, Let's just hope that somebody who knows what they're doing buys this place. If you have a friend, tell them because you know wildlife sanctuaries are already bursting at the seams with cast off animals. Yeah, hey, we, let's, we want them to be well.
2: Let's start a GoFundMe page.
3: Yeah, what was that? Uh, what seven was that? million.
2: We can S- raise. Was it seven that. million? Yeah,
3: seven million. That's only seven? 500 animals.
2: Yeah, let's yeah. do a GoFundMe. We'll start on it and see if we can. Have raise you counted it.
3: that penny jar that you have? Maybe.
2: maybe. I think I have about. That's three.
3: a great idea, yeah. Judy.
2: 20 bucks I mean, to there. make sure
3: that it gets into the right hands of people yeah. with the right motivations. That's wonderful. Okay, I'm moving to Houston, y'all. Yeah. Uh, I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime here at animalradio.com.
10: This has been an animal radio news update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com.
12: Hi, friends. This is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. As you know, going to the vet can be a traumatic experience for your pet, but it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, vet visits can be something your pet looks forward to. Introducing Fear Free. Fear Free. When your veterinarian is Fear Free certified, you'll be assured your pet's vet visit is more free of fear, anxiety, and stress than ever before. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified, and it puts the treat into treatment. To find a certified Fear Free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com.
4: Hello, everyone. It's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio List, five must-know things about greyhounds. Greyhounds are known for their unique appearance and for running extremely fast. Throughout history, they've been revered and honored in various ways. Most people are aware that greyhounds are great runners, but they aren't aware of much beyond that. So to celebrate Adopt-A-Greyhound Month, I thought I'd share five must-know things about greyhounds. I want to start with something that every pet parent should know, but likely doesn't. Much of the blood given to pets in blood transfusions comes from greyhounds. My own soul dog, Sugar, received blood transfusions from a blood bank organization that utilizes retired greyhound racing dogs. These dogs are given tremendous care and a forever home either through adoption or by the organization itself. One of the reasons greyhound blood is used is because they have a universal blood type. So the next time your pet needs a blood transfusion, think about thanking a greyhound. Next is one of the more obvious traits of greyhounds, that is, they're fast, extremely fast. In fact, they can reach speeds of up to 45 miles per hour in short distances. And they are the fastest dog breed alive. And for those of you who think that adopting a greyhound means being a great runner yourself, you'd be wrong. In fact, they love a good, brisk 15-minute walk a couple times a day, and then they just love to hang out and relax with you so they're very much the same or less than most breeds when it comes to exercise needs. Another interesting point to know about greyhounds is that they are culturally popular throughout history. From the Bible to Shakespeare to Greek and Roman mythology, specific mentions of the breed are found. Greyhounds clearly hold a special place throughout history. In fact, greyhounds were once revered as gods in ancient Egypt and were long a favorite of royalty in Europe. And while sometimes they appear to be timid or aloof, They are in fact gentle, loving beings who thrive in a loving environment and seek out affection and togetherness. They're often used as therapy dogs and have been used to work with autistic children because of their gentle and attentive nature. Finally, as one of the oldest dog breeds in existence, they've made history. As hunters in ancient Egypt to new world discoverers with Columbus on his second voyage to North America... They have seen and done a lot. Well, they are sighthounds after all, but in this case, it means they have above average sight when tracking things on the move at a distance. You know, greyhounds are always a show starter and stopper. They're so regal, but yet so willing to jump in and get involved. Their historical relevance may be second to none, and their inclusion throughout history, literature, and culture is certainly well documented. Share your greyhound observations on our Animal Radio Facebook page.
13: Dogs or cats, horse or emu, and. To. The birds in Decatur, Illinois were driving the residents batty. 30,000 odd starlings invaded the city each year, taking over the city park, dive bombing pedestrians, and bullying other birds. After all the conventional solutions failed, the town called in James Solace, an 83 year old man, sometimes referred to as the bird man or the crow whisperer. Soles said he could make the birds leave, but demanded complete secrecy, warning officials not to spy on him in desperation he was hired and just like that the birds all flew away the residents of decatur don't know how he persuaded the birds to leave they're just glad he did it i'm brit savage for animal radio animals are people too animal radio i am
0: the family dog and it's that time of year again The one where pet parents start looking for Fido-friendly hotels and destinations where Fido is welcome. Make no bones about it. Pets are part of the family, and we like to sniff out new places, too. And we hate to be turned away, especially when we're on our best behavior. So we won't be left out in the cold. Be sure to pick up a copy of Fido-friendly magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Fido is always welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today you're listening to animal radio if you missed any part of today's show visit us at animalradio.com or download the animal radio app for iPhone and Android
1: I'm, I'm pretty sure sheep bad I don't I don't think goats bad goats bad don't they I think there's another name for it but you know yeah, who? They, nah, nah. The, <laughs> nah. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> we welcome to the show Leanne Laricella hi Leanne how are you doing?
14: They meh. Nah. they meh. 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 <laughs> meh. Everyone always gets that confused.
1: Well, now tell everyone you were, uh, you had a pretty lucrative career. You drove around in a Mercedes. You lived a pretty good life there. And then you switched 180 degrees. You gave up the Mercedes for a Chevy. You moved to a farm and you started taking in goats. This That's is. Right. Okay, I just wanted to make sure I got the story right. <laughs> what were you doing yeah. before the goats?
14: I was an event planner in uh, New York City corporate events, and, you know, it was the city life. I lived in the city, and I got married, and I just started to think, this is not what life is supposed to be. Um, And I just started to want something different and something more. Why goats? Well, we moved, you know, I'm originally from Texas, but from Houston, so it was still the city. And then I moved to New York City so I was in no way a farm girl, didn't grow up anywhere near any farms, but in New Jersey, um, it's actually very beautiful, and lots of horse farms, and I started to drive by all of these farms, and I saw the pastures full of these little goats, and um, I just thought, I have to have some, they are so cute, and so I just got a couple of baby goats, and fell in love, and two goats turned into five goats, and then I just, told my husband, I'm like, that's it, I I just can't do it anymore. I need to make a change. I just I hate you know, I hate my life.
1: Goat so, you had a goat addiction and it took over your life.
14: Yeah, they're addictive. Obviously. I went from two and now I have fifty. Wow. So um yeah, so I just took a leap of faith. I quit my job and I would never not had a job before and I started this little Instagram called Goats of Anarchy and I wanted to just share, you know, how silly and funny my goats were with my family and friends and then on my very first day of unemployment, Instagram featured with I don't know how many hundreds of millions of followers they have, featured one of my photos on their home page and I got like thirty thousand followers the first night or the first day. Jeez. And I just took it as a sign I was on the right track. And I was supposed to do something with animals and it's just grown from there.
2: And are these rescue goats? Yeah, colleges? I was going to say, where do you get your goats from? I mean, you Well,
14: just... we, you know, I have with, you know, with Instagram and Facebook, I have about a half a million followers and everyone knows I'm the only crazy goat lady that just takes in all of these crazy um, special needs cases. So people are asking me, you know, every day and unfortunately I'm getting so many requests I have to turn a lot of them down. But word of mouth and people find me on on, um, social media and they come from all, I've gotten them from almost every state all over the country.
2: So my first awareness of you was with Polly and Polly was wearing a duck costume and I heard both good and bad things about it, about why is she putting a costume on a goat?
11: The whole thing
14: was crazy how that viral thing happened. um, Polly is blind and she has... Some neurological issues and anxiety you know because of the issues and because she's blind uh-huh. um, so she stays in the house and she's been in the house now she's almost a year old she's been in the house since I've had her at about two months old and I've tried several times taking her out she just she panics she freaks out she starts running around um, calling for me and so in the house we you know when I first got her we were I was Swaddling her a lot. Mm-hmm. Kind of, it's almost similar to an autistic child. Exactly, and similar, like Temple similar, Grandin
2: does. It's, yes. She's
14: got a lot of weird quirks and, you know, weird things that she does. Um, and so swaddling really comforted her and just, she just loved to be on the couch swaddled and sleeping and, um, so anyways, I, it was Halloween, and although I don't make a, a practice of dressing the goats up <laughs> in costumes, um, so people don't come trash me on social media, I um, for for Halloween we were going to have some fun, and for the goats who can who who don't mind, um, dress them up in some costumes. that duck costume, and thought, "How cute! I have to have this." And came home, and I put it on Polly, and she just she went to sleep. Like she just, well, soon she liked on, it. She went, yeah, she just went to sleep. And I thought, Oh, that's weird and a couple of days later I did again, same reaction. She just I mean, and as soon as it, it was like it's like a blanket and it fuzzy and so, um, a couple of people came wanted to come out, M T V wanted to come out and take for her promoting voting and we couldn't get a reaction. She just goes to sleep. So you can't even take pictures of her, really, because she just falls asleep. So it's super, you know, comforting. I took her to a store one time and put it on just, you know, for fun. But I don't lug her around. Like, some of the media was going a little crazy, saying I'd put her around town in a duck costume, and, you know, we don't do that. So
1: it's like a thunder shirt for dogs. Yeah, or a th- thunder coat? Yeah. It's yeah. Just, and they ma-
14: even tried those, and they didn't have the same effect. It's something about this duck costume. I like the duck costume better. Yeah, just, would she
2: wear a different costume, or does it have to be a duck?
14: I guess she would wear a different one. I, I just
15: kind of like the duck and we stuck with
1: it. Well, I, I'm sorry we're running out of time. I wanted to mention your book really fast. It's called Goats of Anarchy, One Woman's Quest to Save the World One Goat at a Time. What have you done?
11: Um, this was back when we did this
14: book. We were doing little short bios on each of our goats, and then the whole book is just full of funny Cute pictures, goats doing yoga. So it's just a very fun photo book. And then we also have three children's books coming out this year. Cool. And the first one is Polly and Her Duck Costume.
1: Mm, how wonderful. Okay, and the uh, website, goatsofanarchy.com. Check it out. I'm going to put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. We thank you, Leanne, for hanging with thank us you. today and telling us about your goats and, and Polly.
3: And Thanks for having and me. kisses for Polly. All right, I will. Will do. Have a good day.
1: Take care. I have 10 copies to give out of this book right now. Toll free at 1-866-405-8405.
2: Meh. 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 Meh.
1: You do that nah. pretty well, Joey. Meh. Nah.
8: Meh. Nah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> All dogs should eat a pH-balanced alkaline diet. An alkaline diet reduces health risks and can also reduce scratching, shedding, and hot spots. So does this mean you need to check your dog's pH balance? No, because Canine Caviar has created the first and only alkaline dog food that is pH-balanced. It also has the highest metabolized calories. What does this mean? Your dog needs to eat less. Get a healthier dog and save money with canine caviar products. Find them at your local pet supply store or online at Mm caninecaviar.com.
0: Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Vellani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis.
1: Toll free 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie or to Joey Villani. Don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. This is the hour we will talk to Brent Atwater. She, I believe, is a clairvoyant, and she she talks to dead animals. Well, that's cool. It is cool. Uh, I don't know. You know, I've had several animals pass just recently. I'm hoping maybe she will connect me with one of these animals. Mm -hmm. However, I will say... She says she finds out a lot of embarrassing details from the animals. There's no holds barred when <laughs> oh, they talk to her.
6: Oops. Uh, oh dear.
1: These are the kinds of things your animals say when you're not around to clairvoyant. Uh-oh. So we'll find out more about that in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. Uh let's see. In about twenty minutes we're gonna head down to the Animal Radio newsroom where Miss Lori Brooks is working on this hour's news.
3: What do you have coming up? I'm working Sunday is sleeping. It's a snoring. Oh, I heard in Sunday in the
1: background, yes.
3: She's just the opposite of these dogs that go after mail carriers. Um, and apparently there's so many dogs that bite mail carriers that the Postal Service puts out a list of those cities that have the most bites. And we've got the top 10 for
2: you.
1: Wow. Okay. I cannot wait for that. It's not an easy job being a postman and entering these yards no. and being protected. Our postman yeah, carries a little base. Yeah, and
3: they do um, a lot of training with dogs and anti-dog you know dog biting campaigns and all kinds of stuff just to avoid that. But it happens.
1: Okay, find out if your city is one of the big cities where dogs bite the postmen. Coming up in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Can we go to one of these lines? Line that Line two. Okay. Hey, Robert, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. How can we help you today?
7: Well, I have an eight-month-old eight uh, miniature pincher, female and she went into heat about two months ago, okay. and uh, it didn't seem to go away.
6: Oh, ah, okay. What's she, what's she doing right now?
7: Well, she seems to be normal, but her uh, nipples and her female part didn't, didn't go down. Still okay. swollen.
6: And is she acting differently in any way, any different behaviors?
7: Not that I notice.
6: Okay. Because in some cases, um, normal heat in dogs hormonally can last about a month. You know, a lot of times we'll just see the external changes, which can last for maybe a week or two weeks. But we know the hormone cycle really goes for at least a good month. So if that's continuing beyond that, there's a couple thoughts that I'd have. You know, some dogs can go into a false pregnancy where they can have some behavioral changes where they actually act like they're pregnant. They may nest and they will still have, you know, they can even produce milk, believe it or not. So those kind of things can happen. Although we do see in some young dogs, we can see uh, a change called split heats. And that's basically where they kind of go into heat, and then they go into heat again later down the road. And that may not be for maybe two weeks to even three months later where they'll have a second aspect to that heat. So some of that could be going on. And if it is that, that usually kind of goes away as they get older. But I have a great solution for you and i would say spay this girl because it will stop the concerns it'll put those little mammary areas down to normal size um the vaginal area return to normal um so as far as unless she's really a dog that we're talking about getting bred um i'd say we can fix that very easily and, and get this girl fixed if you will i see um
14: and what did you say to do
6: spay her no, well, that would be that be the number one thing i would really recommend to do um because an, there's really, with uh, a lot of the dogs that are at their shelters, there's no reason that I'd advocate breeding a dog and really having to go through all this reproductive uh, stuff along the way. Now, if you were going that road, you know, and you were really determined that she's going to be bred, um, this type of problem, at this point in a young dog, I don't panic on that. Um, it may work itself out. And as long as, you know, she's not getting pregnant, um, then um, I would see how each subsequent heat comes along. But... And my medical side, I just can't advocate to, to continue breeding animals, and especially as we're talking about puppy mills and pets being euthanized at shelters. Um, it's really uh, something that I think is very uh, important for the individual. Pet
1: Doesn't a spayed dog live
6: longer? They do. And, well, the big thing also is we really guard against some of the real common problems like mammary cancer. A, a female dog that never goes through heat, if we spay them, we can avoid breast cancer, and make that risk 0%. With each heat cycle, that risk does go up until a couple years of age. So um, it's a really imperative reason why I'd encourage you to get this baby, uh, you know, get her taken care of, and get her spayed.
10: Well,
14: that, well, that's the plan, but we wanted her to get about a year old and have one litter and then have her spayed.
6: Well, in, in that's certainly your choice as a, as a pet owner, but I can tell you medically there's no sound reason to let a dog have a heat or to have a litter. It doesn't necessarily make her a better pet, not going to make her healthier in the long run. And basically you're just adding to the extra pups, um, out there. So, um, I, I'm looking at her health and being an advocate for her health. And I'd say that she will be a, a happy, healthy dog without ever going to, through a, a pregnancy. So. So we forgot.
1: Thanks, Robert, for your call. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Hey, Sherry, how are you doing?
11: I'm excellent. How about you?
1: Very good. Where are you calling from?
11: I'm calling from the very hot Bend, Oregon.
1: You don't think of Bend, Oregon, as being hot usually?
11: It is ninety-seven degrees
1: today. Oh, moly. <laughs>
11: yeah, I think we're sixty-seven. How can we help you? I'll, I'll trade you.
1: Yeah. How can we help you today?
11: Well, you know i've got a little overweight chihuahua and i know that's an issue but she's got some back issues and i just wanted to ask you vet some questions today
6: all right well this is dr debbie here what can i do for you
11: dr debbie um well you know we took her into the uh the veterinarian about a month ago and they gave me some pain pills for her um she just woke up crying one night um no reason no rhyme or reason she was laying on my lap and she woke up crying and So now she's real timid, doesn't want anybody to touch her, she doesn't want to play. And um, pain medication, it helped a little bit, but she's just so frightened of you even coming near her to, to, you know, soothe her that she's afraid it's going to hurt. And my curiosity is how do you feel about chiropractics for dogs?
6: Well, I think, um, the, the most important thing when we're talking about how to best manage a case is to really have a good handle on what we're treating. And before I'd ever call in alternative modalities, I want to know what we're treating. Mm -hmm. And and from what you're saying, I have some more questions here because you said she was in pain. Did the veterinarian help? Did they kind of isolate where they thought she was being displaying pain? In her neck. Um, In her neck.
11: They checked all of her paws to see if she had, like, got her claw caught in something, and then they Mm -hmm. pushed on her belly, and they did everything, and they took her blood test, and everything came back fine. So when, when, like, she normally plays with this little rag stuffed animal, and I'll throw it, and she'll she'll forget that she's hurting, and she'll go to get it, and then Mm -hmm. halfway there, she starts crying. Okay. So we noticed that even this the other day I had thrown it in, it landed on the back of her neck on her on her you know, shoulder area, and she mm-hmm. just screamed. Oh, so okay. I think we've narrowed it down to something in her neck.
6: okay, and did they obtain any X-rays on her? No, we haven't done any x-rays. Okay. Because for, especially when we talk about neck and what kind of help we can or can't do, I want to get some good x-rays. And usually okay. to get good x-rays on a dog, we, we have to give them a little bit of pain medicine, something to kind of sedate them to relax the muscles along the spine area. Uh-huh. Uh, but in chihuahuas, there is a condition that I am, you know, certainly a little more concerned with, um, as well as in other toy breeds, of dog. And in the neck, they can have a kind of anatomical problem with the first two vertebrae in their neck. And mm-hmm. uh, there are some that are born with this. And I didn't ask you how old your baby was.
11: Uh, she's going to be three in August.
6: Three, okay. So um, there's a what we call atlantoaxial subluxation um, or what we call the AA luxation. And it involves the first two bones in the neck. And toy breeds are a little bit more prone to this than other breeds. And it mm-hmm. basically, um, because the bones don't form appropriately, the ligaments um, are not as strong and they're prone to pressure against the spine. And that can mm-hmm. be very serious, especially if you twist and pull and do things to the neck. So that's one reason mm-hmm. why In these instances, I don't Recommend okay. chiropractic, um, adjustments unless we really know what we're up against because it could be okay. very devastating and dangerous to do that if we have an AA luxation. But okay. if we have, you know, cervical problems where the other discs are just having problems and there's some, um, narrowness, putting pressure on the spine, you know, maybe that we can u- use some other therapies to help them out. But I think that's going to be the first thing is really get some good x-rays and see okay. if we can identify where that might be. And that, that can be a challenge because sometimes the neck is a tough area to look at with x-rays. So sometimes we have to do MRI or CT to better look at that. Okay. But um, for me, if I have some generalized neck pain and we think we're having some spine problems in dogs, I do like to use um, different things. So I use pain mm-hmm. medicine, sometimes non-steroidal pain relievers, mm-hmm. along with um, medicines like tramadol, which is an opioid-like pain reliever. And mm-hmm. then I'll even use, um, just because there's a lot of tenseness and discomfort in the neck, we'll use muscle relaxants like methylcarbamol. Yeah. And in some of my back patients, I'll use all three of those and, mm-hmm. um, kind of use those to, to best manage them, uh, keep their activity down, then see if we can get them past the, you know, the bout of extreme discomfort at that time. Okay. Um, and then you did mention um you know that your baby 's overweight, so um, weight management can yeah. play a huge role to limit the need for medications um, and to relieve yeah. discomfort
11: yeah well we're we 're working on that it's it's it 's the husband who won 't stop feeding her i <laughs> 'm mm, doing really yeah. good, but he won 't so yeah. he 's been scolded mm. by the vet several times, and I now I think he 's taken <laughs> control of it but She's also my most timid little one. You know, I have two chihuahuas. So this one, she doesn't walk on a leash. She doesn't even know she's a dog. So... She's very timid anyway and always has been. She uses the stairs to get up on the couch and down, and, you know, she doesn't jump or anything. So I know it wasn't an injury because she just doesn't even extend herself that far.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's where, with at least this um, this luxation problem in the neck, some dogs, they're just born with it. So um, yeah, it doesn't have to be. It, it
11: was from birth, and that's why she's yeah. always been afraid to do
6: jumping and things like that exactly yeah. so well best wishes with that little one Sherry and tell your husband Thanks to lay so off nice. those snacks with your baby I'm going
1: to. <laughs> take care of yourself now 1-866-405-8405 yeah blame it on the husband
2: it's always the husband it,
1: they're, they're always the ones that are making the, the animals fat huh?
2: yep that's in my household
0: <laughs> you're listening to animal radio call the dream team now at one 405 8405
9: Just because you don't have time to read a book doesn't mean you can't enjoy stories about artists and groups that you love. To discover a whole new world of audiobooks and hear the stories that made the music, visit HappyLandAudio.com. That's HappyLandAudio.com.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets Right now I have my cat, uh-oh, sitting underneath my shirt. She actually likes to hide in my shirt. This well, it's is
2: because you did it when she was a kitten. You put her in your pocket. You had a big thing on your sweatshirt, a big pocket, and you put her there, and she'd sit there for hours. Now she doesn't realize she doesn't fit in your pocket anymore. No, so. she doesn't.
1: She doesn't realize that she's grown up quite a bit. Quite
2: a bit, yeah. Uh, and now you have to post a video of that.
1: I do. I do. And I'm, I'm proud as a cat man to, to post a video Last hour you reported that men that had cats, cat men, generally are less masculine. A little disheartening, disconcerting.
3: Well, if the shoe fits. Um... <laughs> no. <laughs> I like to say I don't make the news how I just report it. It's it's because, you know, they they've done so many studies on animals and things like that. But they're talking about cat men and how this phenomenon of cats and men and cats and their men are really trending in so many ways, especially on social
1: media. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing. By the way, I think I'm pretty masculine. Don't you think? I mean, I, never mind. It yeah, was only yeah,
3: one let's... study that said you weren't
1: <laughs> thanks for talking about the cat. men. we appreciate it. I think I speak for all of us, cat men. What do you have coming up for this hour?
3: This hour, we have a bunch of different studies, and I've kind of culled them together. We're going to talk about rabbits, fish, turtle, crickets, horses, all kinds of animals that are so beneficial to humans that have mental challenges.
1: That's on the way. Let's go to line four. Going to line two. To line two. And Judy?
15: Yes. It... Hi, yes. Judy.
1: How are you doing today?
15: I'm, I'm fine, except for my little cat problem.
1: Well, what's going on with your cat?
15: Well, I have two ragdoll cats. They're young. Uh, mother and okay. daughter, and my son brought over his two cats, and they have visited here about three times. Uh, this time for a week, otherwise, it's just been a weekend. But my cats are rude.
5: Oh.
6: And, and they,
15: <laughs> they. what are they hiss- doing? They hiss at my son's cats, especially the boy, who is a wonderful, friendly thick-skinned cat, he doesn't care how much they hiss at him, he just kind of hangs around wants to play, but they won't make friends. Okay. Is there so, anything I can... I, I was just going to say, what
6: what what reason are these babies coming together that he's visiting? Uh, is he just I, coming home from, like,
15: college for the weekend? or <laughs> No, no, my son and husband went fishing. Okay. And uh, so... And I love all the cats, and that's my pleasure is to babysit for them. I'm babysitting. Okay. They're all house cats. Okay. Yeah. Well, I
6: guess the first thing that I would want to say is that, you know what? I don't think the cats asked for this. <laughs> and, um, it's a little bit harder with cats versus dogs to throw them together, expect them to play nice, and act, expect them to act like dogs. Ooh, cover their ears. We don't want them to act like dogs. They're cats. And if we're going to have the kitties together for a long-term basis, you know, that, that I would say, you know, we can work on how to, how to acclimate them. Uh, I am concerned that these short-term visits are doing nothing but stressing your cats out, and I don't know that it's going to be in their best interest. If it was a more long-term management where we need to keep them in the home, then we go through some strategies. You know, the other solution I can say is if it's a situation where, you know, the cats could be house-sat in your son's home, that might be the most agreeable situation and not really stir up the feathers of uh, uh, the fur <laughs> in the situation here. Um, so, So those might be my first suggestions before I really kind of put your kitties through this transition. But if you do then I would always make sure when we start this transition, you got to start gradual. Even if they were together three months ago and you're putting them together again, they almost need to be separated for about a week to two at a time. So that's where the challenges come when we try to acclimate them for just a short period of time. There's just not right. enough time for them to deal with the sense, some of the different issues with uh, territory. Um, so it can be done, but I, I think we're asking a little bit more of these kitties to, to behave dog-like.
15: I, you know, and there, there's no bloodshed or clawing or scratching or anything. It's just the rude hissing. And I, I've i been trying. There's plenty of toys. Our cats share toys, and they don't have a fit when, when the other cats yeah. use their toys. Um, so there's no trick like I lay them, you know, with treats or toys or separate nope. them and bring them together <laughs> gradually and...
6: Yeah, well, you can do that, but the separation time I usually start with is about a week. So we would keep the visiting cats in one bath, a bedroom by themselves away from your cats right. for about a week's time. Then gradually right. what we do is we feed them on opposite sides of that door so we can make the scent of the other cats a positive thing and we reward them then with time if there's no hissing going on in the mix then we can put those food bowls closer and closer to the door and then eventually hopefully put them together with supervision never leaving them alone because right. if they have a bad um, hissing bout and they're aggressive even in a non-physical way We've lost all of the efforts that you've tried to do in a gradual step. So right. um, you really just have to do that slowly over a period of time. And if they have a spat or they're hissing, you got to back away and wait three to five days. So um, so that's again why I'm, I'm not too hopeful for your short term situation. But I also love things like pheromones for cats. They can help kind of ease some of their fears. So if you're kind of in that spot where you're going to have the the kitties visiting, um, I'd get a pheromone diffuser. You can plug into the wall, make them think happy thoughts. Keep Keep them separate, and uh, you know, make sure if you do put them together, we need m- ample resources. We need multiple litter pans. So if you got four cats, you need five litter pans. You've got four cats, you need five different uh, posts or different uh, nesting areas that these guys can sit in. So the toys, it's, it's an important thing to make sure they got enough of that stuff. But all these other resources are very important. So well, they have, you got your
15: my son, my son brings his own litter box, and that they share at home, and mm-hmm.
6: their own food safe. Yeah, and, and even
15: that, you know, just... The two, of, the two of them don't get along that well. Um.
6: <laughs> well, that's hard. Then <laughs> if the brother and sister are fighting, then that really throws a, a wrench in the mix. So yeah. got a lot of work there, Judy. I hope that some of that can help you. And then, you know, like I said, keep the kitties' thoughts in mind and what works best for them. If it's not going to be an ideal situation, got to do what's right for the kitties first. Mm-hmm.
12: Hey, this is Sean Hayes on Animal Radio. Remember to spay and neuter your pets.
10: Dogs gotta go potty. But sometimes work, traffic, or bad weather get in the way. Introducing Brilliant Pad,
3: the self-cleaning potty pad that automatically replaces a soiled pad with a clean, fresh
2: one. Brilliant Pad seals in waste, locks away odor, and is hands off for weeks at a time. Then, disposal is fast, easy, and clean. Brilliant Pad
3: gives you freedom and flexibility, so you don't have to rush home. You also spend less time cleaning and more time loving. Go to BrilliantPad.com
8: today. We can't tell you why canine caviar is the only alkaline-based dog food, but we can tell you alkaline is proven to minimize the risk of renal failure and pancreatitis, reduce scratching, cellular degeneration, and disease, keeping your furry friend youthful and healthy longer. And those are the reasons we can fit into this short commercial. But by visiting CanineCaviar.com, you'll see exactly what we do to make a better food for your dog. Try the one and only alkaline dog food risk-free. Canine Caviar.
10: This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com.
3: I'm Lori Brooks. A man who was fined for allowing his pet snake to slither along freely in a park in South Dakota says an animal control officer suggested that he use a leash to restrain his pet. So this guy was a little upset, but it's a true story. Jerry Kimball said at first he thought that officer was joking because it was April Fool's Day after all when he was fined $190.00 and ticketed for having an, quote, an animal running at large. Kimball was approached by the officer after another woman in the park complained that he was free-walking his fire bee ball python. A supervisor for Sioux Falls Animal Control said a city ordinance requires all pets to be leashed or restrained in public, adding that, hey, you know, if it's in public and it's not on a leash, Then it's an animal at large. The ordinance doesn't really distinguish between animals, she said. However, there is a catch here on this one. Kimball said that he considers it his personal mission to rid the planet and the public of its fear of snakes. He told a local newspaper recently, that's my purpose in life, to let people know that snakes are not killers. And now Kimball said he plans to fight that ticketing court.
1: Free walking. I've never heard of free walking a snake Snake, before. I I guess I always (laughs) see him on leashes. So I
2: Sure, yeah. yeah. When don't you see him on a leash?
3: (laughs) I'm one of those horrible people that, that Kimball wants to change their minds of, you know, that, because you have that snake fear. So I don't know, but th- then wasn't there another news story recently where some uh, big python on a small island somewhere, I can't even remember, um, swallowed a man whole? You know what? Oh. The snakes
1: are our friend. The man probably deserved it. Okay.
3: No, they swallowed. I mean, he swallowed the man whole. They opened up the snake and found the man. Um, it was an Asian country. I can't remember. Must have been over. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> see what I what happens to me when I talk about snakes? Uh, let's go to dogs. All right. Okay. Um, the U.S. Postal Hi. Service has released its dog bite rankings for 2016, and they say there were more than 6,700 mail carriers who were bitten by dogs nationwide last year. On top of that list, the city with the most reported dog bites, 80 of them, Los Angeles. Mm. Mm. Uh, Coming in second was Houston with 62, then followed by other cities in the top 10 mail carrier dog bite cities. Cleveland at number three, then San Diego, Louisville, Kentucky. Detroit at number 6 then Denver, Chicago at number 8, Indianapolis and Minneapolis run, rounds out the top 10. Minneapolis uh, at the bottom there, 43 dog bites. That's a lot. Yes, yeah. It is. Uh it is nevertheless a good time to be a pet in America because you know we love our pets these days. According to a 2015 Harris poll, 95% of owners think their animal is a member of the family. Uh, about half of Us, right? Buy them birthday presents. It's a two-way street. People who have pets tend to have lower blood pressure, heart rate, and heart disease risk than those people who don't have pets. And now scientists are digging up evidence that animals can also help improve mental health, even for people who have challenging disorders. Um, Animals of all types, I mean, think about this, can help calm stress, fear, and anxiety in people. And, And among there're scientifically proven benefits now in one study a stressed out group of adults were told to pet a rabbit or a turtle or a toy of you know that was a rabbit or a turtle toy and the toys had no effect but the living creature you know the ones that the people were stroking whether they were hard-shelled or fuzzy like the rabbit, all experienced relieved anxiety. Hmm. And they say it worked wow. for people regardless of whether they initially said they liked animals or not. Animals don't have to be cuddly to help either. You know, these therapy animals. In 2016, another study published in the journal Gerontology uh, found that elderly people who were given five crickets in a cage... You would think. I would think bugs. Really, um, they gave them five crickets in a cage, and they found those elderly patients became less depressed after eight weeks in that con- than the control group. They say the act of caring for a living creature seems to make no difference. You know, in what kind of creature it is, hmm. and uh, when it comes to horses, they are among the most studied therapy animals. Horses have been involved in medical treatment plans in Europe. Wait, gosh, I think since the 1860s, they said. Mm -hmm. Activities like grooming a horse or leading one around in a pen have been shown to reduce PTSD symptoms in children and adolescents. And they found the last scientific benefit, animals can focus people's attention. So... Not talking about ADD here, but they found that when people at an Alzheimer's disease facility dined in front of aquariums that had brightly colored fish, those patients ate more. They got better nutrition. They were also less prone to pacing, which is an indicator of anxiety. They were also more attentive, more focused, and less lethargic. So... Animals in every setting, just about a great thing. I'm Laurie Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com.
10: This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com.
12: Hi friends, this is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. As you know, going to the vet can be a traumatic experience for your pet, but it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, vet visits can be something your pet looks forward to. Introducing Fear Free. When your veterinarian is Fear Free certified, you will be assured your pet's vet visit is more free of fear, anxiety, and stress than ever before. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified, and it puts the treat into treatment. To find a certified Fear Free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at
1: 1-866-405-8405. Let's go to Janice. Hi, Janice. How are you?
11: Good. How are you?
1: Good. Where are you calling from?
11: Uh, Pennsylvania.
1: How can we help you today? The whole team is here for you.
11: Okay. Uh, I have a two-year-old boxer, and whenever I say, do you want to go bye-bye in the car, I used to, he used to put the leash on and walk out to the car and he used to jump in. Now, if I say, do you want to go bye-bye, he'll just stand there, or like he'll turn the other way, for what reason, hmm. I don't know.
6: Okay. Well, has there been any, um, occurrence, anything that you can think of, any kind of injury or any kind of frightening experience he's had with, with the car? No. Mm-mm. Like, he used to do it, you know,
11: like when he was younger, and he'll go in my husband's car. And, uh, for some reason he doesn't want to, but he likes going in his, he has a crate in his other room. So I said, okay. He doesn't want to go. I said, okay, i go in your room. And he'll go right in his room.
6: Okay. But you said he gets in your husband's car, okay?
11: Yeah. Uh huh. Now okay, I am an SUV. I don't know if it's a little higher. Maybe
6: that's why. Oh, certainly could be. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you, I'm a reformed SUV owner myself and uh-huh. I had to switch from SUVs to um, a a van. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a dog mom now. I drive a van. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um, for some dogs, definitely the height um, can be a problem. So one strategy you can try would be to Kind of acclimate him to a ramp or a set of stairs. And I usually do this first away from the vehicle. Um, so mm-hmm. some of the great things you can do is just get one of the little doggy ramps and um, put it in the backyard on kind of a gradual slope that you might have right. and mm-hmm. just you know use treats, reward them, get them uh, accustomed to stepping on that and then mm-hmm. work up to putting it behind your vehicle. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I used one of those for, for my large dogs because it was just getting too hard for me to assist them and to lift them. And it was right. honestly, some of these SUVs are too tall. <laughs> You're trying to get them in yeah. the back. It is a mm-hmm. huge vertical jump. So, mm-hmm. um, and then I'm assuming that he's in good health. He's not having any kind of oh, yeah. limping uh, or
11: in good health. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm.
6: Okay. Yeah. I, I would yeah. definitely look at doing that and, and seeing, and then always make it you know really positive and give him something really special when he's getting in the um, in the SUV. So whether it's yeah, uh, I
11: always bring treats. You know, and try to coax him with that too.
6: So. Yeah, treats it up the ante. You know, I'm going to tell you. Cover every, everyone, cover your ears. A veterinarian's going to say to give table food. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, give a little, uh, you
11: cheese.
6: know, <laughs> cheese. It's a fabulous thing, especially those little mm-hmm. pieces, the little blocks of cheese you can get or string cheese. Yeah. You can tear mm-hmm. off your uh, individual pieces. But yeah. do that and really make that a, um, a great place to go. And then if all comes down to it and you have to join the club of being a van <laughs> owner, then <Okay>. you, can, <laughs> you can join me. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. Thanks for your call, right. Janice.
1: Thanks for listening today. So you own a van. You're like... Uh,
6: I do. I'm a doggy. I'm like a doggy mama, like a soccer, a soccer mom. Soccer
0: mom. <laughs>
1: for dogs.
6: <laughs> yep.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at animalradio.com. Log on, learn more.
13: Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Have you ever been frustrated while trying to take a picture of your pet? They're sitting there looking so cute. You pick up your camera and they run away, jump out of the frame, or try to play with you, or maybe even attack the camera. Pet photographer Ian White suggests choosing a background that works well with your pet. For example, if you have a black lab, he'll show up better on a light-colored blanket. Pets model the best when they're a little tired and after a meal. Let them fall asleep on the selected background and then alert them with a treat or a squeaky toy. Be ready with that camera. Try to take the photo from eye level, which may mean lying on your stomach or having your pet up on a bed or furniture. Good luck. I'm Brit Savage for Animal Radio. Animal Radio. People, Animal Radio. people say
9: less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Bar Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten free.
14: I'm Beth Stern on Animal Radio and adopt from your local shelter.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
15: It
1: is Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. We're visiting with Brent Atwater. Hi, Brent. How are you?
16: I am happy to be upright, moving, and kicking forward.
1: That's that's a good position to be in. Where are we calling you?
16: Uh, right now you're calling me in North Carolina.
1: North Carolina, okay. Uh, you had that draw, that southern draw in there, and I was trying to figure out where that was from there.
16: So, yeah, definitely not the Bronx.
1: So you uh, <laughs> so you see dead pooches. You see, you talk to uh, dead animals. Is that correct?
16: Yeah, um, I actually see dead pet spirits and actually talk to them face to face, sort of like caputo does to humans and tyler does to humans oh
1: wow when did you discover you had this uh, gift
16: well about age five i was talking to imaginary friends and dead pets and my mother thought they were imaginary friends but i guess that's when i started um and then i just call them up and see them and have a conversation with them or sometimes they just show up so.
1: yeah i now i understand sometimes these dead animals reveals really embarrassing facts about the owners
16: yeah <laughs> Well, I think the word, you know, uh, I think the owners will say it's embarrassing, but I think it's really the intimacy shown between the pet and the parent. Because if you think about it, and I've instructed my dog, he is to speak to no one after I pass. (laughs) Uh, You know, your pet is with you in the loo. He's with you when you eat, when you scream at your fiance or hate your other person or in bed sleeping and doing all sorts of things. That pet is there 24-7 with eyes on you. Yeah. And when you talk to a pet in spirit, they sort of have a freedom because they're not bound up by you going, sit, stay, be quiet. Um, and they have a tendency to express their opinions quite vividly, quite specifically, and quite, um, how do I say this? They want you to know that they have an opinion on
1: it. So. Sure, 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 Okay. Can we give a, get a sample, maybe? I, I, I don't know how this works, but... Uh... Well,
16: first of all, I have to say this. Anytime I give you an example, it's important for you to know that my readings to me are considered very sacred. When my fiancé sure. was sure. killed and I worked with a, a psychic, um, my link with the psychic was the only thing a way that I could contact my fiancé. And so after doing this, I've learned that readings to me are very sacred. So I ask a client, point blank... If it's something very aberrant, may I use this content as an example? And they say yes or no. And so when I use these content, I think it's very important that people know I just don't, I take the confidentiality of our readings to the grave with me unless they give me and allow me to say something. So, um, one cat said that they like the lover better than the husband. Um, a bunny. Yeah, the lady got a little chip. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And another one, the lady said she didn't smoke, and the bunny said, Yes, you do. You go out behind the garage and you smoke. And she said, No one knew that. Well, yeah. And then another thing would be like, um, I had a husband who was very sloppy, and the cat uh, was, they asked him, They said, Why won't the cat sit in my lap? And they said, Cat said, Well, you pass gas so bad, I can't breathe. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, just things like that. And then we had another one say, you know, you need to cut your toenails and quit walking around in boxer shorts. You just, you know, you look tacky all the time. So another one said, you know, your husband, who is a prominent physician, is a kleptomaniac. Wow. Your, your, the lady that you live with, your, you know, significant other is an alcoholic and you need to have someone better in your life. So they don't mince any words because they don't have a BS meter on the other side. Sure. They just talk complete and total truth. Yeah.
1: So, uh, I guess it would be just between you and me here and and, yeah, and
16: everybody listening go ahead. <laughs> and,
1: and and my cat, I had a cat who just recently passed of uh 17 years, which is a long time and when I think about where the cat's, I mean the cat was with me all the time, everywhere.
16: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh,
1: so I I guess I'm okay with with uh with Boog, was his name, uh spilling the beans uh about yeah. anything. But what what can you tell me cuz I have not spoken to him since his his uh since he passed
16: well what i tr- truly don't do is what i call parlor tricks like this sure that's I, I have because because what i do is i feel because the readings are so sacred i let the animal evolve i really have to ask them permission to talk to them sure and um when i ask them permission to talk to him they say yes or no i mean i had a bichon say from california say i'm not talking to anybody he turned his tail and walked
11: wow um, wow i
16: had i had two cats um stop right dead center of the middle of readings and say, I don't want to talk to you anymore. And off they walked and I said to the owner, Well, we can either reschedule or I can give you a refund because these cats are not talking and I can't say anything. So yeah. uh, had I had a little more prep, uh I would have asked you for a picture of Boo, I would have asked his permission and then I would give you information. But I feel that it's um it doesn't it lacks integrity for me to just spill off something that isn't correct. So, um,
6: can you communicate with living animals, or is it only those that have passed?
16: Uh, yes, I do living animals, but I really prefer those that have passed, and I'll tell you why. Those on the other side are so clear and so straightforward that that's what I prefer. And unlike most animal communicators, do it telepathically, where they get an image in their mind and they transmute that image into communication and connection with the pet. I actually call the pet up, and I see it walk toward me in spirit form. I really
1: appreciate your time today, Brent. If people want to learn more, how can they uh, find you?
16: Well, um, I would love. I'm on my website, www.brentatwater.com.
1: Thank you so much, Brent. I appreciate your time today.
16: Have a wonderful day, and thank you for doing what you do. It's time
1: for us to get on out of here. If you happen to have a Yorkshire Terrier or a Shih Tzu, a Pug or a Mini Schnauzer, well, God bless you. You have a cute dog. And you should check out Dr. <laughs> Dr. Debbie's books, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. They are Kindle books available over at Amazon. And we have links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.pet. And uh, don't forget to download that Animal Radio app. Grab it now. We'll see you next week.
13: Bye-bye. Bye.
1: See you next week.
4: This is Animal, Animal Art 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 Art. Radio
5: Network. Network.